Upsiders podcast where we unpack what it takes to succeed in business. I'm your host, Victoria Jones, and I'm in the business of empowering people to become profitable and purpose-driven business owners. Over the past six years, I've enabled ambitious founders to start and scale their own business and make money doing what they love. Through our Six Weeks to Success Upstart program and one-on-one coaching services, I'm able to fulfill my mission to educate, enable, and inspire more people to turn their business dreams into a reality. Through this podcast, I want to equip you with the knowledge and inspiration needed to kickstart your business, build your brand, and thrive on your entrepreneurial journey. I'll be interviewing the world's most successful business leaders, innovators, and influencers. We'll delve deep into how they've built their business, the tips they've learned along the way, and reveal what it takes to succeed. Today, I'm really excited because I'm interviewing a mindset and wellness coach, Samantha Fluke. Um, I've experienced how important it is to be in the right frame of mind to launching and growing your own business. When I started out, I lacked a lot of self-belief and didn't value myself, so did work for free and spent time on projects that didn't serve my own business goals. And I don't want others to make the same mistakes. So I wanted to chat to Sammy today about how we can better understand ourselves and what tools we can use to master our mindset to be thriving and successful business owners, or at least start to do something we really love that's more aligned with our values. So welcome, Sammy. Hello. Thank you for having me. Lovely to have you here. Um, You started your business health over five years ago yeah. did you have any fears when you were starting out oh yourself? my goodness yes <laughs> and I started the core health at quite a young age so it was in essence my own journey in growth and what it came to was understanding like you said understanding yourself and your mindset and where it first started was wanting to help people nourish themselves from the inside out so I'm sure we'll speak to this a little more later, but in essence, it was really helping people navigate their emotional space in connection to their body and food, which was a big impact in my day-to-day at school. Coming out of school, going you know, into uni, saying no to uni, ending up at TAFE, just trying to find what felt right. And for me, it wasn't until I nurtured my mindset and that emotional space that I really started to follow my joy and create something that has really evolved, as we'll speak to, since five years ago to now. And looking, when you say, like, the core, I guess that's where it comes from, like, it's hard often, isn't it, to actually, Mm. like, look inward, and often we'll look externally for, um, you know, pleasures or, you know, to project onto different things. Like, what's a good process to start yeah. Or to start that process <laughs> of looking inward because I know yeah. lots of business owners, yeah. myself included, it, starting a business sort of forces you to yeah. to go through that process, I think, maybe because it's just you putting yourself out there all the time. You really need to, yeah. to work through your own issues. Yeah, well, for you to be able to do the things that you do, you have to make sure that you're maintaining yourself. And a lot of times we have almost a, ske- a skewed perspective as well as a skewed results system because we're focusing or hustling so hard to achieve something but potentially putting that emotion or that gut feeling to the back, you know, and as we know, we learn through that process itself. So just to give you a little recap so I can kind of pull some contrast with this. So when I came out of school, I was suffering with quite high anxiety, levels of depression, had a really disconnected relationship with my body from not understanding or listening to that emotional space itself. Know, I knew certain parts of myself that you know I loved and aspects that I really enjoyed, but it wasn't until I had to really sit with and feel those emotions as well as see those reactive habits that weren't actually, quote-unquote, nourishing me in that aspect yeah. that I got really clear on what I actually wanted to be doing. So I went to um, a, a college called Nature Care and studied health coaching, um, got my diploma in nutrition and then actually moved to Byron and studied six months of plant-based whole foods cooking so I'm a qualified whole food chef so for me it was that evolutionary process of nurturing myself and then you know came home had a bit of space in between and said that gut fire was just yelling so loud just saying there is so much around you so many specifically women around you that are feeling disconnected to their bodies that you know when I started 
posting just my food and putting a little reference saying, you know, take time to breathe and eat your meal. <gasps> I resonate with that so much. I'm not doing that. And then I started getting really cluey on the why. I wonder why so many people are doing this. Why is it they're feeling disconnected? So especially through my coaching, I then ended up doing six months of mindfulness meditation for anxiety and emotional awareness, which got me really clear on the intention of why we do certain things, but potentially where that intention can be skewed. So that's what I'm talking about. A lot of times we're sitting in the expectation instead of that pure intention of, you know, the result that's authentic to us. And that's where we can begin to feel separated, as we were speaking about before we yeah. started recording, you know, People can end up in burnout. They can end up feeling resistance to their work. They can end up doing things that they don't actually want to be doing anymore because they've created a vision that isn't expansive and doesn't allow them to grow as they evolve, which is an essential process in business. And is it because they're not listening, you know, listening to their inner core, listening to yeah. their body? Because often your body will tell you, won't it? Like, yes. I know when <laughs> I've been burnt out, like, I'll get yeah. sick. Or yeah. Um, you feel stressed, you can just, you yeah. can feel it. So what what's like a first step someone could do that's feeling like a little bit overwhelmed or yeah. burnt out or how can they start yeah. looking after themselves yeah. better? First step, I always say to my clients, is to just breathe. It's something we do every day, but not potentially consciously with the intention of I'm doing this for me to separate myself from that fear or from that overwhelm. Yeah. A lot of times with that emotional connection based on our past experiences, and that's one thing we have to realise is we are all conditioned beings, as you know, but when it's when we reject that conditioning or don't actually understand why we are the way we are, it's really hard to accept and actually move forward because we're trying to use the same tools expecting a different result. So when we're trying to make change, and I've used this analogy in you know, other podcasts and most people that I speak to is saying, you know, a lot of times we're in the splits. We've got one foot in the past, you know, trying to, you know, not control something happening again, to control something not happening again, sorry. And then we're in the expectation of the future, trying to figure out where we're going to be, what, the, you know, where we're going to grow, how am I going to expand? Yeah. Not actually feeling content in the process because what we're doing is not actually learning to take steps that are conscious and in alignment with our emotion we're looking at the expectation of what we think we should be doing. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't have a successful business in doing that. But the key is we want to focus on how your choices feel for you instead of what they look like for another. Right. Okay. Gosh, it's getting very deep. Isn't yes, it? really. we got to, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like you've got to do that work yeah, up yeah. front. And I think I work with a lot of people like what's their why what's their purpose yeah. I know that that's an evolving thing and it changes yeah um but even just getting to that core can be quite confronting and it takes time people. that's that's one of the biggest things that I say to my clients you know it doesn't happen overnight it's consistent persistent compassion you know compassionate choices that you make for yourself each day so I say as soon as people come in or I jump on the phone with them before they sign up to a program or start working with me it's getting clear that no emotions, either good or bad, right or wrong, but signs or signals of where you're testing your truth or you're following an expectation. So you, as you said, your body tells you, think of those times when you've, you've, you've ignored the gut and you've gone and done something or you've ignored that tired feeling or you've pushed yourself when you've been sick. And of course, there's certain times we potentially have to do that. But when we're not consciously maintaining ourselves, that's going to suck the joy out of our day today. Yeah. That's going to suck the presence and the actual, you know, growth process that is so beautiful. But it's not until, you know, we certainly, we usually get to burnout or we get to that aspect of feeling sick that we actually learn. So coming back to your question before, what I always say to my clients is we have to learn to come back here, check in and actually ask ourselves how we wish to respond. Because a lot of the time we're sitting in those conditioned behaviours, beliefs and actions, not actually offering ourselves another choice that is in alignment, that might be uncomfortable because it's different to what we've done, but actually meets that emotional lead, that emotional need, sorry, and gets us really clear on how we want to move forward. So what I say is pause, breathe, check in and authentically respond. So is my choice, is my next choice going to respect my needs right now? Is my next choice, and I've said this, um, I say this multiple times within sessions as well, is my next choice going to nourish me or deplete me? 
And that's really focusing on the energy itself. So again, the nourishing choice doesn't have to be, you know, go for a run in the morning and have your green bowl. But is my next choice actually going to respect my energy? Or is it going to take away from me right now and not actually allow me to enjoy or function at the best capacity I can in this moment? Yeah, that's a really good way to do it is to step, yeah. take a step back. Because often if you just keep pushing and pushing and trying and that whole yeah. sort of hustle hard thing, I'm a little bit anti that. Yes. Hustle, and obviously in a business you mm. do have to hustle a bit. You've got to, mm. but often, and I worked with, I'm not sure if you listened to the podcast with Kay Wilson. She's mm. a Reiki healer and she Beautiful. she was saying to me, she was like, why are you pushing? I just become just given birth, and she was like, "Why are you pushing the business as well? Like, just enjoy being a mum." Mm. Then when I just got into the flow of putting my business to the side, yeah, it's always going to be there, and got into the flow of being a mum, found things in my business just sort of happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, I met the right people and did an event, and it all just felt yeah like I was yeah in the flow, and it was natural. It yeah. wasn't like me having to push yeah out all the time yeah. Um, when we look at that it's usually when we force we don't flow so that's usually because we've gone into a place of fear it's because change is coming in especially having you know a child coming into the world yeah. I'm sure that's a big change I haven't experienced that myself but any form of change is you know it's there it's life it's co- it's a constant as you know but yeah. we tend to resist it and try to, you know, really focus on what we know and what we do have saying, you know, anything that tests my perception <laughs> or what I know right now, I don't want to look at it. But that's how we stay in, you know, that same set of feeling, that same way of creating when we've outgrown it. You know, it's actually a beautiful process when you allow yourself to look back and, you know, we're talking before we even started recording, you know, looking at those times where maybe you screwed up or you failed and now you have a way of knowing that is getting you really clear on saying, you know, now I do this because I've learned from that. Yeah. But we rarely, usually we look at our past and say, you know, I, sh- I can never do that again. That was bad. So we put life into the right or wrong, good or bad box. It's not. And that's where we really deprive ourselves, you know, especially on that emotional front of so much joy and opportunity within our day to day. But the one thing we want to look at is, you know, if we look at that life cycle or the life wheel itself, For most of our society, it's a lot in the physical and it's really focusing on, you know, work and that sense of security. It gives us a sense of identity. It gives us, you know, an income, which is really important. But at what cost to other areas of my life? At what cost to my health? At what cost to my relationship? At what cost to my, you know, social attributes? At what cost to my self-care? You know, it's not a priority because we're not making a priority. But what I teach my clients is to create that balance it's not just your mindset. We want to look at, you know, our mental, physical, emotional and somewhat spiritual health. If one is out of whack, we're all going to be completely out of balance. Yeah. So think about, and this is something, I'll speak to this towards the end as well, but my mentor, Anne-Marie, who I work with in clinic now in Mona Vale, you know, it's been one of the biggest shifts in my perception and that deeper understanding as well. So she's also a Reiki master teacher. And, you know, what we see is, especially within our day-to-day, is understanding when we focus on the physical so much, what's the first thing to go out the door? You know, our mental and emotional well-being, you know, because we're focusing so much on that hustle, on that result, on those tangible things. Yeah. And what goes out the door, you know, usually our nutrition, usually our movement, usually our energy. But it's saying, if I just choose these things that I know I enjoy, that at a capacity that I'm available for, not punishing myself at the gym because I think I have to, not meal prepping every day, not doing all those things, but just focusing on those simplistic choices that are available for me and have the best intention behind them, you'll begin to see that flow, again, not only in your work, but within that confidence, within that joy, within your connection, within your relationships, because you're feeling more you. Yeah, so maybe it's that, you know, when people are feeling like that, they just take a step back and get curious around. Yeah why they're feeling the way they are and it might be because it's something new and obviously like when you're starting business you do have to yeah um learn a lot of new things yeah and and it's you know it can be quite overwhelming I think yeah um so yeah I think maybe just taking a step back and saying right I don't have to rush this and I think it's quite hard for sort of type a achievers (laughs) yeah it's like and I know I have it too it's like oh I've got to get got to get my online program Mm. up and running straight away and I've got to do this yeah and then 
it's like taking a step back and going, okay, why yeah. am I putting this pressure yeah. on myself? Because generally it's from yourself, isn't it, yeah. that you put the pressure on? Yeah, and that's where we go back to understanding that conditioning as well. You know, all of our beliefs are accumulated from, you know, when we were a child to when we grow into why we do the things that we do. But especially if we've grown to, you know, edit our emotions or, you know, be the determined one or have had, you know, very motivated parents or have had, you know, a family or even connections to school where we felt as if we've had to hold back our expression or hold back our emotions, that's when that, you know, need to go outward can be even stronger. But the biggest one thing that I see within session is one of the biggest attributes to overwhelm or anxiety itself is continuing to do something or be someone that no longer feels in alignment with you. And that can really be a key attribute in work. And honestly, even for me in the past year, if I was to look back on, you know, my style of working, who I was last year, tenfold. So a big thing for me, I started to feel a lot of resistance in how, you know, I was showing up, the things that I was doing. And, you know, I kept going, kept pushing. Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why am I feeling resistance to this? Because I didn't allow myself the space to step out of it and actually ask why. So in Aspen, if we just go to a little a little practical tool, is yeah. understanding, okay, when we're overwhelmed, what do we, what's that immediate reaction we all usually do? We judge it. We tell ourselves we're not good enough. You know, we try push. We add more to our list. We go forward. No, no, no. If I don't look at it, it won't be there. <laughs> yeah. But if I just breathe, step out of it, you know, choose to just observe it and go underneath it, okay, why is it that I'm feeling overwhelmed right now? No judgment. Okay, I can see I haven't been that present. I can see I've had a bit on. I can see it's been a big year in 2020. You know, I can see I haven't been making that much time for myself. I can see I've been on my devices a lot, which I know takes me away and I potentially compare a lot. You know, so once you understand yourself, it's a lot easier to learn to accept yourself and create actions that meet that. Yeah, because I see that a lot with, and I know you did a post on this recently about comparison. Yes. And a lot of my clients will get into that comparison trap they'll yeah. say oh well that they're successful so why could I be successful or yeah. there's so many competitors out there what do I have to offer that's yeah. different what what's the psychology behind yeah and it's a big question for yeah. you but just yeah, that yeah. that comparison that we all do yeah. why do we do it yeah like, what do you have any opinions yeah on that? well I mean that we could sit here for hours and talk <laughs> about that but I was so that was my post that I put up last night and I said you know if you're stuck in a cycle of of comparison you actually have to understand why you're comparing and there's so many different levels to why we do that you know and that comes down to certain experiences that may have happened when we were younger or in high school you know where we felt as if we weren't good enough so we had to you know edit or make ourselves a certain way so we go outward to feel validated because we're not accepting an experience an emotion or a need within ourselves that's good enough. But when we look at continual stress or continual worry in our life, it's where we're still allowing certain things in our day-to-day where we haven't built those boundaries to say, no, I don't do that anymore. So when we look at that aspect of comparison, it's going underneath those times, learning to step out of that fear, getting really clear on where those reactive behaviours are happening. So is it happening online? Is it happening, you know, with my family? Is it happening when I'm at uni? Is it happening when, you know, I'm at my co-working space? No judgment. This is where that personal attribute really needs to be concurrent for you. So again, that change, so this is one thing we speak to as well, you'll continue to have the same patterns in your relationships outward and with yourself until you make the shifts within you to give your past belief a different meaning in your present. So potentially where we compare. So, you know, in high school, that was a big thing for me, you know, with my body not feeling good enough for me. It's because I had certain attributes where, you know, this external opinion and judgment. So I modelled when I was younger and, you know, went to multiple, um, went to multiple, what's it called, agencies and, you know, walked in and they pretty much told me what was wrong, what part of myself wasn't good enough and, you know, walked out, a young girl, not really knowing herself that well or having those tools or being taught that in school and it's no one else's fault. And And how old were you at the time? I was 14. Yes. To hear that, like, yes, is, yeah. Yeah, so what we look at is when we don't have boundaries, we see how much, you know, this is what we talk about in clinic as well, external interference can impact your way of knowing yourself until you know better. So when you have that way of, you know, 
doing and being and you know have that sense of security so again that's usually from when we were younger you know this is something I've learned from my mentor Emery as well anywhere between the age of three and seven when you've had something that shifts your sense of security you condition yourself in a way to make yourself feel safe so that's usually making certain emotions okay you know only showing a certain part of yourself so it's either being you know constantly being the happy friend or being you know the perfect person but it doesn't feel you because you're not allowing yourself to fully express or be yourself so when we reject a part of ourselves whether it's a body part an experience an emotion we reject all of ourselves so that's where we go into that comparative habit of saying you know this isn't good enough what does that look like outward so that's where sometimes you know we see certain people doing things that we want to do and that's where I say you know from comparison to compassion what is that person doing from a different perspective, a more open and loving perspective that has, you know, somewhat, you know, yeah. triggered you in that way to, to question yourself? Or, you know, potentially I can see, you know, they're quote unquote quite confident and I'll speak to confidence a bit later in a different perspective. They're doing something that I really want to be doing, but I'm not taking action to. You cannot do what they do. You have to do it in your own way. And that's the specific thing. But when we learn to step out of that and say, you know, I don't compare or compete, I choose to peacefully coexist. Yeah, that's a lovely it's, way to phrase it. Yeah, so it's taking the energy out of that external, you know, impact or opinion. And again, multiple, multiple times of learning where those reactions happen, learning where you feel that, learning when you go into judgment yourself and acknowledging the part you play in your experience to say no to fear. Yeah. Because that's what it comes down to. A lot of this is the fear, isn't yeah. it? The fear of failure, fear yeah. of what other people think. Yeah. Um, that fear that yeah. um, drives, you know, I know when I started, I was scared that I was going to fail. Yeah. Um, and even like reframing and looking at that, yeah. that fear of failure, like is it a failure or is it a learning? Yeah. Like it's, it's reframing some of the ways that, yeah. that we're conditioned to think. Yeah, exactly right. And what about self-limiting beliefs? Because I think a lot of people, they, d- they don't realise, it, they, they hold themselves back. Like a yeah. lot of people I speak to want to start their business, but they're too scared. And yeah. they just, they're only limited by their own belief of what they're capable of. And yeah. often like it takes something external to be like, wow, just, you know, I can yeah. see it that they're capable of so much. They're so yeah. experienced. Yeah. But how can we start to, foster that within ourselves like really believe yeah in ourselves yeah so one thing that we want to look at is really getting clear on where those limiting beliefs play out but also getting you really clear on that intention that you're not doing this business to prove to anyone else that you're good enough so that's a big one that I see within session you know I'm going to do this because they told me I couldn't do it yes you know to a certain degree (laughs) that might be a motivator but if it's not a true reflection of you that's where that alignment's going to be a bit skewed. Well, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for someone else. Exactly, exactly. And that's the one thing we want to really, you know, learn to step out of is, you know, limiting beliefs. You know, what do they do? They limit us. So what, what we have to learn to look at is when we feel that sense of resistance and especially, you know, learn to start a business, it takes time. And especially for our generation, you know, we can order food at the click of a button. We can order anything. We have things quite, you know, instantaneous instantaneously sorry yeah and you know we have to really learn to sit with and flow in the process so I help a lot of um a lot of women that are actually starting business getting really clear on their alignment for them and you know that's even before they potentially come and work with you and get really clear on what that looks like for their business but how they actually want to feel so especially when we look within business it's really saying is this that authentic extension of me yeah Am I choosing what I want to infuse into this? Is this creating, you know, am I creating something that is actually meaningful to me? And it's usually so a process that I go back with in, you know, with clients when they're looking at that aspect is to actually be really proud of yourself of where you've come and is to acknowledge all those attributes that are really personal to you and why you're doing the things that you're doing. Who is it that you can help? What is it that you've learned about yourself that is, is that passion for you to create what you want to create? Because it, because it is such that beautiful process and we learn to step out of that fear, stop worrying about you know, what everyone else is doing and just say, you know, I'm going to give it a go. 
you know, that's where we have to get really clear on focusing that one simple next step that we have to take. And yes, it's good to have a five-year plan and yes, it's good to have those things, but I really focus on helping you navigate the day-to-day anxiety. So when we look at anxiety, it's usually tested authenticity because we're doing something that is in alignment with how we actually feel. And again, like we said before, it's not until we take that action that we get that emotional corresponding, you know, response from that. Oh, that didn't feel too good. Why? So it's learning to build that non-judgmental, authentic reflection after we make an action. All right, how did that feel for me? How present was I in that? Was that really in alignment with me? So when we feel disconnected or we, you know, we tend to go into that limiting belief, it's because we've usually ignored the emotion and gone and done something that doesn't actually feel right. So there's that difference between what we think and what we feel. You know, yeah. I think I need to do this. This is safety. You guys can't see me, but I'm tapping <laughs> my head. You know, so when we look at thinking, that's that security. That's the right or wrong. That's, you know, from when we were younger saying, don't touch the hot kettle. Don't go, you know, close to the balcony. So that's the safety mechanism. But when we start to navigate life with how that feels, that's when stuff begins to change. But that's a lot of trust. (laughs) And that's one thing that we forget to infuse into it. You know, so when we begin to trust, and he said, what's that saying? It's saying, you know, I don't know until I try. And I kind of swap that to saying, you don't know until you trust. So that's why you have to take that time, get really present, you know, do the work on you. And that's going to evolve with you as you know, as you grow, you find out so much about yourself, but you have to realize that belief isn't, you know, a life sentence for you. It's like a muscle, your brain, everything you do is like a muscle and it has the opportunity to change. So you might not be able to shift the emotion. You can shift the, you know, the impact of your thought because you can learn to step out of it and realize it actually isn't present to you half the time and learn to just get really present and focus on those inherent tasks So when we look at presence, it's our thoughts, words and actions as one. Might not always be achievable, but it's always a choice. So the more you begin to choose you, the more you begin to reframe your story, your words, your intentions, the stronger you get in taking actions that reflect that because you're no longer reacting to the story of that limiting belief. Yeah, so fascinating, isn't it? And it's, yeah, you really have to, just talking to you, even it brings up stuff for Mm. myself, I'm like, oh, I must get a bit more curious yeah. about that and why, yeah. why I do that. Yeah. Um, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? I think lots yes. of people think it's just like you can go to a few sessions and then yeah. you're, you're healed. Yes. <laughs> it's so <laughs> Someone funny. I, I know said that once. He was like, I'm healed now. I've, I've had one session. I was like, <laughs> no, that you've, you've got to go you deeper. got a bit to go. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And um, even that conversation of it's quite funny of I think people resist you know I don't want to go too deep on that but look at what you're ignoring and look at what you're carrying and that's one thing you know as you grow and as you continue to understand yourself you know you only know what you know until you know differently and that's through the process of trial and learning as I say not trial and error not trial and failing trial and learning because within each every single decision you make is going to teach you something but it's not until you step out and actually create the space for yourself to reflect on that and actually allow yourself to learn that your past actually is your best helper. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think people see, you know, on Instagram, social media these days, like they just see (laughs) the success of someone, you know, they just see, oh, they've got that many followers or I used to work a lot with influencers and it was very based on, um, you know, what they look like outwardly. But then, you know, underneath, it's sometimes it was a bit of a false false reality they were yeah. putting out like they bought their followers or they were mm. suffering something putting out a different message yeah. and it's just i think it's yeah what we can do is look and think it seems all yeah. everyone else is perfect and has become an overnight success yeah. but actually there's been a lot of yeah hard work behind the scenes like yeah I listened to a podcast um, with Tim Ferriss who interviewed Hugh Jackman. Cool. And he was amazing. I would highly recommend anyone cool. listening to it. But he was, he's done a huge amount of work on himself. And he was saying that's the key to his yeah. success is, is yeah. having, he sees a life coach once a week. Yeah. And I know not everyone can afford that. <laughs> but even just like listening yeah. to podcasts that educate you, like yeah. this one, for example, yeah. with you, it's just those you know you can educate yourself around how to how to go deeper how to understand yourself better yeah um 
and I think it's yeah, it's an ongoing process, isn't it, for the rest of your life? It is, you know. But when you learn to accept that and that you're always going to grow and learn and evolve, it becomes a lot. More, it becomes a lot easier to actually work with it because you're not ignoring it and pretending it's not there. You know. So the more we block, you know, the more we store. So when we were talking about that, you know, potential fear of rejection, it's a it's an epidemic, the pandemic, we can <laughs> yeah. say, you know, if that's all right to say at the moment. <laughs> but, you know, it's really coming back into that. When we reject a part of ourselves, that's when, you know, that fear of rejection becomes, you know, even stronger because yeah. we're not allowing ourselves to say, okay, this is me. This is who I am. You know, in our society, I, fe- I felt that too. You know, I was in year 10 when Instagram started coming out and it was in year 11 when it started to become, you know, a marketing platform in essence. And what do you do when you don't have those boundaries? You unconsciously, you know, copy or compare and say, that is what I'm going to do to keep myself safe. I'm going to look like this. I'm going to do this. or I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. But again, it only shows 1% of that person's life. It's that perfection scroll. And it's really changing. And I really do believe that. Yeah, I believe, especially now, I've seen it change massively. And I think um, people are just put, you know, people see through it now don't yeah. they a lot of people much better bullshit yeah. radar yeah and they so might see it but it's not sustainable like yeah. often yeah I think particularly with um, what's happening with covid is a lot of these people are sort of drifting mm. by the wayside because um maybe they've been forced to face their reality yeah and, and it's it's not sustainable i think yeah. some of these um, messages and yeah eventually they'll get burnt out yeah i think it's the ones that are really authentic that yeah that shine through yeah so this is where specifically in session number one is learning to those is learning to build those boundaries that grow and evolve with you but also maintain you in being you so they respect your mental emotional physical and let's say spiritual well-being which is that self-practice of you know nurturing that space and really connecting to that intuition you know, when it's really hard to make change when we don't have boundaries or, you know, a vision that supports us. So that's where that intention becomes really clear. So when you get clear on that why and then implement the how from that, that confidence begins to grow, that joy and that connection to self begins to grow because you're realising that intention, you know, isn't to hurt or isn't to please another. It isn't to go outward to feel accepted because you're accepting yourself and saying, all right, you know, I know that's the way that I used to do. Potentially I'd spend X amount of hours at work or I'd hustle this much, but now it's saying, you know, yes, it's a priority for me, but to do the things that I do, I'm making that non-negotiable time to say no to any extra things that's going to take my energy from me, you know, to learn to actually respect that space. So when we look at boundaries, it's those choices of self-respect. So I have a lot of clients that are, you know, very motivated. They love a good list. You know, they've had a very strong work ethic in their life. They're creating their own businesses. I'll say, let's simplify it. And you just see them like, get really angry and <laughs> yeah. resist and sit back I said you know you can you're still going to achieve you're still going to do but you're just going to do it an achievable level where it feels good enough for you so what I say is you know learn to set the bar at enough not more you know usually the expectation bar yeah, is through the roof on the moon <laughs> up to space you know and when we don't hit that every day we put ourselves down you know we kick ourselves when we're down we say I haven't done enough today I haven't looked at that da 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 but, you know, when you choose to set the bar enough and say, this is enough for me, this is achievable for me. And between those times, yes, I'm aware I've got a full day, but I'm going to go sit outside without my phone and eat my food because that's important for me to have that separation. You know, when I get home and I'm going to reference, you know, phone a lot because that is a big one that comes up in clinic and even for me in my own work this year, it's been having that boundary to try and put my phone in airplane mode by by seven unless I have to work yeah is to actually focus on what's important for you and looking at you know as I said before at what cost to my well-being is this in is this action impacting me because that's when we begin to see you know we begin to wake up feeling anxious we sometimes begin to feel resistant to work we start to feel fear in work because as you said as you said before that aspect of flow when we try to force something that no longer feels aligned that puts our health and our emotions at you know at the back that overwhelm isn't getting stronger it's getting louder to say what you're doing is no longer in your best interest yeah but why do we do that like there's I think there's a saying that we overestimate what we can do in a day but underestimate what we can do in a year yeah so we're constantly putting that pressure on yeah 
on ourselves. Yeah. But I know I do sometimes. Yes. Like, okay, I've got to achieve all this today. But then often then I'll go, oh, maybe I'll just pick two things yes. today. And then yeah. I achieve and I feel so good. Yeah. And often I end up doing a little bit more because yeah. I haven't yeah. overwhelmed myself. Yeah. Well, my friends and I, we ran in clinic, we ran an Understanding Your Cycle workshop. So she's a naturopath, absolutely beautiful how she talks about, you know, that part of being a woman and I was even saying to Jenna who was on the podcast with you last week um how you know I haven't actually been taught about you know your cycles and how to work with them and you know we're not actually meant to function at the highest capacity each and every day we're seasonal beings you know we have those parts of our you know our cycle that we're meant to rest there's other times that you know you're, you're ready to go you're ready to start your new business you're ready to work for like 12 hours a day and you feel fine other times you might feel resistance. Other times you just might feel, you know, I'm cool. I've got my flow. You know, when we start to listen. Maybe I should shape my program around yes, so <laughs> people's cycles yes. as well. So what we, did, what we did in the workshop and what Bronte spoke to was saying, you know, it's actually great when you start to plan your life around your cycle. You know, I, I haven't done that myself. I can't say that I have. But learning to understand and what I speak to, especially where I know we'll speak to this at the end as well, but working with a lot of women in reconnecting to themselves, to their body and understanding their emotions is actually respecting that energy themselves. So, you know, we begin to wonder, oh, why am I feeling run down? Why am I feeling constantly sick? Why am I feeling potentially constantly overwhelmed or anxious? We have to look at the choices of where, you know, you're ignoring the emotion and stepping into the expectation, as I've said multiple times. So again, when we learn to say, okay, I'm aware I'm feeling tired right now, Okay, let's go under it. When I feel tired, I can see that potentially I don't speak to myself that kindly. My head can start to drift into, you know, blame and shame and judgment land. Yeah. You know, so when we acknowledge that part and not judge it, but just become aware, okay, my body is feeling like this. What actions are going to support me best? So I'm not going to add more to my list. I'm just going to, you know, not pump through, but, you know, just do what's enough today. Because if I do that, more than likely, you'll be able to have the energy for yourself tomorrow to do that. Yeah, as of, and saying no as well is a big part. No. And I think yep. um, that no, I'm I'm learning to do that a lot a lot more. Yes, because um, I would always just say yes, yes to everything. And yep. I think yeah, to say no without having to explain why. Yeah, is something I'm learning. I'm sure. Yes, do you teach it's people? So as well, funny you <laughs> speak about that. So every Tuesday night we run a group healing meditation and. Um, coaching session yeah. and last night you know the concept so Emery who I work for was pretty much running through this and the concept was called completion pretty much it was learning to let go of one cycle of your life and allow that new one to flow in and what we're talking about and it's been a big conversation within sessions as well especially the past month everyone's you know had the space to actually sit back and learn to listen you know potentially that overwhelm has gotten stronger but it's because you've seen and offered yourself a different choice so unconsciously we tend to focus on and manifest on you know what we don't want instead of what we do but when we've been potentially someone for so long we've been the pleaser we've been the hustler we've been the hard worker we step into that form of guilt so it's that guilt to say no but that's when you get really clear on that intention for you and we see how much we shape our words and actions for another we rarely just name how we feel. We go around, we add a little bit of GST to it and that's where you feel disconnected because we haven't just named how we felt. So what's that saying? It's like, you know, when you when you tell a lie, you need to, you know, cover up your tracks but when you just say how you feel, it's just present. So you don't feel as if you have to explain. So that explanation is the trail because I actually haven't said, hey guys, I've had a big week, I'll see you tomorrow. We feel so guilty for not being the perfect friend or not doing those things and especially if you've had a, I felt this too, you know, I've put a lot of energy and time into my work. I miss that connections with my friends and I hated being quote unquote flaky. Yeah. So I felt as if I had to explain myself. Everyone's trying to figure out and just navigate exactly what they have to do. But when you get clear and, you know, say, you know, Sammy, you know, your intention for saying this is to not hurt people. It's just, is to respect your energy and actually be a more authentic friend by being present with yourself that's the thing we can go make the choice we can please everyone else but half the time we're tired when we get there you know we get there and say oh we shouldn't come yeah you know? and that's the thing it's just learning to have that conversation with yourself and that's why I speak to that intention is so important 
Because first of all, you need to reassure yourself and get clear for you, regardless of that external opinion saying, I'm doing this for me so I can do what I do in my day to day. Because when we don't, that's where that imbalance comes out and that disconnect is felt because our actions haven't met our feelings. Yeah. And I'm sure like event there'll be people that get pissed off along the way because they're yeah. very much used to you saying yes. saying yes all the time. Yeah. But I think no one can argue if you're just being totally honest and, exactly. uh, and vulnerable as well and just saying yeah. even just no, yeah. um, I need to have some time by myself. Yeah, and all you can ever do is lead by example for you. And that's where we get a bit stuck because it's like, I want to be here for this person. I want to help this person out. Yes, you can still be a good friend and an epic worker by still putting yourself first. And like you said, I allowed myself that space, you know, when I had my first baby and life started to flow because you made yourself a priority. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't yeah. it? We've, I think it's important to sort of look at, yeah, times in your life where, yeah. where you have felt in the flow and also yeah. times where you have been burnt and stressed out yeah. and, and what's been affecting yeah. that. And I know I could keep talking to, to you for <laughs> ages, getting yeah. advice, but um, I just want to touch on the, like, nourishing yourself and the food aspect. Like, Beautiful. Um, because I think, yeah, what you put in your body as well is yeah. very... Um, yeah. To, to feel, to have lots of energy and yeah. feel good. Yeah. Is that something that you continue to do? Like, what would you recommend? Yeah, so that basis was say the core of why I started doing what I do so I had a very disconnected relationship with food in high school coming out of high school you know probably until like the last five years until I started doing what I do and it's, it's such a beautiful process to reflect back on now and just say there is another choice but you have to understand you know we put a lot of pressure in ourselves for it to look a certain way or be a certain way and, you know, it's, again, again, the intention behind your food, why you're nourishing yourself in that way. And especially when you're building that connection with your food, you know, I'll have a lot of people, I love cooking. I talk about food like it's my first child. But, <laughs> yeah. again, I took persistent and consistent action for it to look that way, start focusing on how I feel and actually have those boundaries to focus on what I can have over what I can't. So through depriving myself, you know, through high school for so long, it took a long time for my, you know, my body to nourish itself again and to build that gut back and to build that microbiome back and especially when you know you're a partier on the northern beaches and you're going out with your mates there's lots of drinking and you're continually getting sick you've got to ask why and that aspect of nourishment just goes beyond those choices of not just the food but the choices that you take to respect you and focus on you regardless of what everyone is doing around you so especially when it comes to food it's such a beautiful process when you enjoy, you know, sitting with your pizza and having your wine as much as you do with, you know, your poke bowl or your green smoothie. Yeah. You know, we tend to put, you know, good or bad food and separate that mentality just like we do with emotions. But there's always a bigger meaning to our choices. And I actually wrote about this last week. I was cooking a big, um, a big laksa and I hadn't, we've just moved into a new apartment. So I was christening the kitchen, as they say, <laughs> um, you know, just chopping up all of our leftover food and just, it's that creative space and expression as well. Not for everyone, but for me it is. And just learning to connect and simplify your choices and get clear on why you're actually doing it. It becomes a lot easier to choose that type of food that is really going to nurture and look after you. But when we put that pressure to say, you know, I'm having a cheat day today or I'm having this, the more we create that imbalance because yeah, we're saying so this is good, this is bad. Or naming it a treat. I'm working um, yeah. with a lovely lady at the moment yeah. who's starting a business called Nourish Your Tribe and it's all Beautiful. around yeah, nourishing your family Beautiful. and better health for your family. And she was saying, like, don't call it a treat food because that gives it power. Yeah. And it's so true. It's like... Yeah oh, that's a treat and yeah. that's, it's special in some way. But yeah. it's actually, and yeah. I know this with my 13-month-old daughter, yeah. like it's just, uh, you know, consciously I'd be like, oh, only have a bit of that because that's yeah. not good or yeah. bad. And actually it'd be better just to yeah. give her a variety of food yeah. and, and let her explore. Yeah, and for I think for a lot of you know people in general you know you become so used to you know as a child it's like you know tasting those new things it's such a new experience but we rarely allow ourselves that as adults because we're focusing on the result of what that food gives us because it is such a you know key emotional response 
when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling agitated, what do we do? We resonate to that salty, sweet, fatty, whatever type food. But if you're going to do it, that's fine. Just enjoy it because we're rarely actually, you know, sitting and tasting it, smelling it, using the senses, you know, oh, that whole chocolate block's gone. Oops, so what do I go? I go into guilt. I've got to push myself at the gym. I'm telling myself it's not good enough. Why did you eat that? You're allowed to. It's just learning to, again, step out of the expectation, which is that corresponding, you know, emotional response that, you know, food gives us, which is so beautiful. But it's learning to really connect and see what it offers you and how it makes you feel. So, you know, for me, I have a treat every single day. And for a lot of my clients, so again, when I speak to treat, it's whatever that looks like for you. So for me, oh, I so have... So you do use the word treat then? As yeah. A so it's, it's just... It's, but I think for me, that could be... It's, it depends on what that looks like for you. So my treat sometimes is, you know, I'm going to have something a little bit sweet. So I'm going to have, you know, apple and peanut butter one night or I'm going to have things like that. Because when we look at, you know, I've worked with a lot of girls and saying that and they deprive themselves sometimes of that word as well and they put that into a box. So I'm saying, you know, treat yourself with rest. Treat yourself with this, you know, nourish yourself with this. And yes, that might look at the result basis, but when we look at something we've deprived ourselves so long from, I'm going to have a treat where I'm going to actually sit and enjoy it. So when I'm having that space, I'm going to have, you know, my one chocolate block and not, you know, my one little square of chocolate. Yeah. But I'm going to sit, I'm going to smell it, I'm going to breathe, I'm going to take, you know, this which is the concept of mindful eating is, you know, have presence with this action and allow myself and saying I'm allowed to have a treat. So that's, so this is, it's nice yeah, having these two different these two different perspectives and it's great when everyone has their own way of, you know, portraying that but you know for me I see a lot of young girls that you know say I can't have that to say okay if you're gonna have it well just that enjoy gives it power it. to doesn't it to say I can't have it yeah so again it's just getting clear on the intention of why so yes I'm allowed this but when I do you know I have that presence and that mindful eating support to actually sit and actually you say you know one square is enough because you're not depriving and you're also allowing yourself to nurture yourself in that way. Yeah. And it's and that feeds into everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Just that taking, I think the biggest lesson is just to take a step back and yeah. get curious and yeah. um, and be very self-aware yeah. and conscious. Like it's yeah. that often we're just living in that unconscious space yeah. like going about day to day and it's yeah. taking those moments. Yeah. Um, especially for someone that's very new to this yeah you've done a lot of work on yourself and with clients but someone that's just starting out that first step would be just to like you say breathe take a step back so we can even do this your next time you eat your meal anyone you know anyone listening to this I invite you to just take three breaths you know the agitation to finish the meal you'll begin to notice how much you rush how much we try to get to the next thing and how much we don't actually enjoy what life can offer us you know and you know when it comes to food, it might sound like such a simple thing. I do it with my partner. He gets so annoyed at me. I'm like, three breaths. He's <laughs> like, I enjoy it. I'm like, I've just cooked you this meal. You better sit and enjoy it. But since we've moved out, he's actually getting into cooking. You know, He's like, wow, look at what I can do. Look at how good this is. And I'm like, look how slow you're eating your meal because you've cooked it, because you've put in the yeah. energy to choose you. And it's such a beautiful process. And he said to me, he's like, oh, I, I get why you enjoy this now. I said, it's not my job to put that onto you because you haven't had the experience to. So again, this is why it's such a personal, you know, process of enjoying that. And, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, trial learning, as I say, sorry. But yet the next time you sit with your food, take three breaths. Breathing in for four, pausing for two, breathing out for four. And again, if there's a need to rush and, the, you know, just notice how your body responds. There might be that agitation to say, come on, you've got to rush. You don't have time to, you know, slow. Yes, you do. It's three breaths. I want you to look at all your ingredients. Look at the colours, look at the textures. Are they shiny? Are they soft? Are they whatever? And this might sound like quite a sensual process, <laughs> but just notice. We begin to see how much we look past everything that we do in our day without actually enjoying the process of enjoying it. Yeah. And then when you put it into your mouth, taste the flavours, feel the textures, and then swallow. Within that process as well, that also limits the impact of binge eating, overeating as well as depriving because you're taking the choice and and infusing the energy into choosing what that looks like for you. And when you begin to really get present with your food, 
know, whether it's a pizza, whether it's like a poke bowl I said before, you're allowing yourself to actually enjoy it a lot more because you're not saying this is bad, I've got to look at this. You know, so it's the intention behind it and this is what in any form of life, in, in any aspect of our life, sorry, is the three pillars of self-awareness. What is my intention for doing this? How present am I in this process? And what is the reflection of my past choices? So when I get clear saying my intention is to nurture and nourish myself, you know, when I'm present, I'm going to have that practice to allow myself to fully enjoy. And again, this isn't going to always happen, but know that you have this choice. And after your choice, whether, you know, it went the way you quote unquote want it to go or it didn't, that non-judgmental reflection is one of the biggest steps that you can, that you can give yourself to learning and shifting your habits within that same experience next time. Okay, I can see that I rushed. I can see that, you know, when I'm out in a big crowd, I tend to rush my food. Or when I'm around my co-workers, I feel the need to rush and, you know, go back to work more. Having that non-negotiable practice for you is going to not also create more flow within your nourishment, but more flow within your day-to-day because you're allowing yourself to, you know, switch the brain off for a bit, give yourself yeah, some nourishment. And acknowledge it. And acknowledge it. So, again, we kind of think self-care has to be, you know, a bath and a facial and, you know, coming back and meditating doing these things but it's really hard to build that practice when you haven't built the foundation for it so that's why simple just simple choices of how you move your body how you connect to food coming back to breath when you're feeling overwhelmed so again for anyone listening now next time you're at your desk or you know you go into that sense of overwhelm pause breathe check in and a little practice I do with my clients is it really connects you back to that presence is when you breathe in repeat yourself in your head breathing in I know I'm breathing in I'm breathing out I know I'm breathing out it might feel really awkward it (laughs) might sound like a foreign concept but it's just literally reminding you of where you are it's going to separate yourself from that thought process it's going to bring you back into that awareness of where you are and that's where you get really clear on saying okay what next choice is going to respect me is my next choice going to respect me is my next choice going to nourish me or deplete me especially with that one you're building that self-accountability and that awareness because you're saying oh all right what do I do in this aspect what do I do in here regardless of what choice you make you'll learn amazing that's yeah such Mm. good um good advice and Mm. I think that's like a practical thing that people can can do after yeah. listening to this like do it now I know yeah. I'm gonna get my lunch and, and do that and see how it feels <laughs> <Beautiful>. after <laughs> so Beautiful. I'll keep you posted oh. and we just end with um our six questions which are based Beautiful. around our six steps um to starting your own business cool so whatever comes to your mind first is usually the best <laughs> answer okay. oh no um <laughs> so number one which you'll be all over is mindset matters yes um how do you get yourself in the right headspace every day? Yeah. So for me, I do things that I love to do. So especially in the morning, I'll don't, I don't meditate for a long period of time, but my non-negotiable is to take five long and deep breaths to just center me before I touch my phone. So I know when I touch my phone, I'm you know, already sending that energy forward. I'm not going to be very grounded in what I'm doing. So I take that breath, I set my intention, you know, for whatever that is, you know, I choose to nourish and respect myself within my choices that I take today is usually one that I take because that flows with most things that you do. Yeah. I have, you know, a non-negotiable movement and I, I don't go to the gym. It's not for me. I love long walks. I love my yoga. I'll do like a little 15 minute stretch or hit at home. And that's really good. For, that's really grounding me and getting me set up for my day. And then from there, I'll write a little list of what I'm doing make myself a really yummy smoothie or brekkie, sit and mindfully eat that and then I'm good to go for my day and that's usually just an hour process. So I'm not up super early but again, it's it's really different on that day-to-day. So a lot of people say I have this plan and this is what I do every day. I focus on my energy and kind of choose from there but like my job, like most people's jobs, sometimes I don't really work on the nine to five all the time. Yeah. If I have, sometimes I have clients from overseas, so I have to jump on a call at like seven thirty, six or eight, and then I'll end my day, you know, a bit shorter, mm-hmm. or I'll go from seven to seven. So it's just depending and choosing choices 
that are really going to respect me in that day. So getting clear on that mindset, that non-negotiable, check in with yourself before you start your day, get clear on, you know, setting that bar enough. Don't push yourself, check in. And one big task and a really good practical tool that I can give you is to say, you know, what can I offer myself today that I didn't do yesterday? Okay, so be slow with yourself, be kinder with yourself, potentially, you know, move your body, you know, gift yourself more time to, you know, mindfully eat. So it's a really good practice because that's when you're going to learn and say, okay, I'm going to actually take a step to help maintain myself and feel a bit more me. And that's where that mindset really comes in handy. Yeah, that's a good way to reflect on the day before. Yeah. What can I improve yeah. today? Yeah. Um, and number two is knowing your why. Yeah. So how did you come to discover your purpose? Like your, as we were saying, it's yeah. ever evolving. But yeah. how did you, d- you know, come to discover yeah. something that you love to do? Yeah, I followed my joy. And I know that might just sound like a very no, that sounds very simple. I know yeah. that sounds like a very simple question, but from where I started, I was in a very let's quote unquote dark place in my you know in my young life at that point. And you know, the more I just listened to my emotions and you know started taking choices that reflected that, I opened myself up to you know a whole range of opportunity and different choices that were really in alignment with me so that was cooking that was you know meditation to a certain degree it was mindset you opened me up to reading books and then I ended up in courses and you know it was building that foundation of listening to self yeah and then look at you now like you've grown a, a whole life yes. and business from it yeah which, um, yeah it's very inspiring and um next one is developing your idea so do you really believe in the power of a meaningful business that solves meaningful problems that's aligned with your values yes and there is so much good that everyone can do once they acknowledge their point of difference and in essence that's what I do in my sessions is acknowledging and no longer rejecting who you are but accepting and embracing your past where you've come from the experiences you've had you know all that you are that's where you get really clear on saying I know what I am, I know who I am, and I know what I can do well. And in that process, you really allow yourself to grow and evolve. And within sessions um, with my clients, I'll create them what's called a vision statement, but it's focusing not on you know the tangible goals that they want to create, but how they want to feel within their choices. And that's where those values really start to flow. And like you said, you know, when you create something that is meaningful and truthful and authentic to you, that's where the power really starts to manifest. Yeah, and also from your own story and experiences, you can help other people. Often yeah. people think they have to be super qualified and have done all this stuff, but yeah. maybe just from your own personal journey. A hundred percent. You can help someone else. A hundred percent. You know, you can't teach experience in a book. No, yeah. exactly. It definitely helps and there's always the need, you know, for a bit of both. But, you know, when you can resonate and speak to, you know, soul to soul almost, that's where I felt even my own experience going to see people myself, that that's really landed the most. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And number four is building your brand. Um, what do you think is the key to a memorable brand? Like you're very much your own brand as well, yeah. like Samantha Fluke. Yeah. Um, how have you cultivated such a memorable brand yeah well the hustle for me was strong when I first started you know I was this motivated little 19 year old when I first started the core and you know it evolved from there I was doing catering I was doing retreats I was you know I started doing um, blog interviews with you know health influencers and I'd met emailed them you know five to ten times have you done it yet come on what are you doing you know it was just <laughs> yeah. such a passion of mine and you know people began you know as I grew and you know I started doing more things I really put myself out there a lot to hopefully receive back what I wanted so you know it was a, as you were talking about before I did a lot of things for free I did you know tried so many different little attributes and again by doing that I got really clear on what I wanted and what I didn't want to do and for me even as I said before you know the past year for me I'm now you know I've been working on my own for the past four and a half years and now I'm working out of a clinic in Motivale called Purify Essential Wellness with the most amazing team still as myself st- and still going from there but it's 
once you allow yourself to just infuse exactly who you are and if you feel any form of resistance or you feel anything is going to shift and change, it's important. You know, that resistance for me has started to come up and we were speaking about this before. Saying, oh, you know, that part of me no longer feels, you know, not like doing that, but it feels a a bit of a shift, need to grow, need to evolve. And for me, that was actually joining a team, you know, having that support of, you know, um, a naturopath, you know, a masseuse, everything like that to just help people on that next level. And for me, it was having that form of connection. So I am still me, but that brand for me has expanded to meet what is important for me now. So one thing, it's funny when we looked at that concept for a brand, I didn't have any marketing background. I didn't have anything like this. I just gave it a go. But once you get really clear on who you're serving, why you're serving them, and like you said, you focus on where you've helped yourself, it's a really powerful thing in how to express that outward when you speak to the need. Yeah, so it's being very authentic with yourself. And also, I think just starting I say to a lot of people like you can overanalyze it and you can write business plans that yeah you never actually follow you know all this stuff but actually it's much better to just start yeah start and then you often find your business evolves into something yeah something slightly different yeah but the main thing you can do is to to put out something authentic exactly see what comes back yeah beautiful um and just two more questions number five is attracting clients so how have you how have you attracted your clients has that just sort of happened the more that you've put yourself out there and and shared your own journey it was quite interesting I kind of was looking back the other day and you know people people were saying to me you know how did you do that how did that happen I'm like I actually have no idea you know for me I was just putting stuff out there and giving it a go and I think what I was speaking to was really hitting home for specifically women you know 18 to late 20s at that point yeah. now now who I'm working with is anywhere between you know young teens to women in their late 70s which is really beautiful oh that's lovely yeah you can help such a range yes of people there's no yeah ideal customer for you is yeah. it just so again who? that's evolved with me so when I first started I was really wanting to help girls out of my own experience you know reconnect with food understand their emotions and you know recover from body related you know not issues but you know aspects where they didn't feel that they could accept themselves so yeah I'd speak to that really you know express that within my socials and with within everything that I was doing and especially that aspect that aspect of anxiety or food or eating so I think that was what really resonated with people that came through there and it is such a need within within our society you know that aspect you talk to people you know how much do you love your body oh no don't you know you say you're beautiful oh no I'm not no I'm not you know we see how much we don't accept ourselves so it is such a it is such a broad range but for now it's really I focus on really bringing people back to self and that has grown and evolved and I was lucky enough you know the past couple years to do a lot of speaking events and put myself out there and doing that so there is that aspect of saying you know you're not just going to sit there and they're going to come to you it was through doing a lot of workshops with gyms, a lot of work, um, you know, a lot of local workshops. And my friend Katie Williams and I, we've started, um, we're not doing it anymore because we've both, we've both expanded on our own things, but we started local workshops for women in Manly called Real Talks. And then we did different concept of speaking to different needs. So had, you know, clients come through there and now it's mostly referral based, which is nice. Yeah, um, but I think it is good to start. I'm actually starting tomorrow. Um, oh, it's called Boss Mums. Oh, um, beautiful! And it's basically women that um, have had children and are yeah. running their own business. So yeah. some of and we'll share different. We're all from different industries, and we'll yeah. share different. Either whether it's trying to find balance, yeah. or if it's um, another topic that you can speak on. And yeah. I think just starting like a little community group around your business 100 percent and obviously it's not a paid thing but it can yeah really you might get referrals through that yeah that's a good tip for people is yeah start you might not get invited to speak at these big events when you first start but yeah do your own and then and and get other people to come along and and yeah start those partnerships as well yeah exactly Um, and it's just having that intention you know not to do it to receive that back but to say you know i'm doing this you know 
with the best intentions for everyone because you know I know how important it is to speak to this and have that and again that's where that flow comes in where people really feel that connection with you yeah and that you probably answered it already but the last one is master marketing yeah and you know what channels have generated the most impact for Mm. you do you think that have got your message out there in the most effective way yeah definitely Instagram for me the past yeah past or past probably four years yeah you know when it actually started to grow and grow from that but yeah that's been a really big shift for me to you know and that was it's funny answer that you know that was one thing I wanted to speak to it's it's not the be all and end all as well you know I've had a lot of girls come in they're starting their business they're like you know it's so saturated it's x y and z and we're speaking to this before don't let that limit you you know use that as your expression you know regardless of the results regardless of the likes you know continue to just produce what you love and that will come back to a certain degree but you know even for me working in clinic now I have that other way of doing which is you know you know more concrete client base that we have there as well but yeah for me Instagram now I'm really specific to what I'm putting up and I'm showing up a lot less than I was because I don't have to now but definitely Instagram for me was just popping up and doing stories and just sharing you know I was potentially oversharing at that time because you know that that go 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 mentality and it was just so exciting that it was all you know flowing there but now again that shifted for me I'm trying to go more I'm I'm lucky to have that now that more of that referral base but definitely you enjoy it I think like you can really and I say to someone if you don't enjoy taking pictures enjoy social media don't force yourself like exactly some people are like I've got to do LinkedIn and social and Instagram Facebook and actually yeah it's so much better like what do you enjoy doing do you love writing yeah maybe do a blog post once a month exactly um, it yeah doesn't, you don't have to force yeah. yourself to be on all these platforms exactly there's so many and I, yeah. I can't lie I'm not <laughs> I'm not too tech savvy and all that so for me it was highly influenced on Instagram and it's just a beautiful way to connect with people and you know with like-minded people as well and I think that's where also you can find people in your space that you can connect with and end up doing workshops with you know I've met the most amazing beautiful people you know we've we've met kind of through socials as well too you know it's such an expansive space where you can find people that you resonate with and have the same vision and you know that's where those referrals flow or that's where you end up doing workshops together and you know you you cross over you know followers that may be interested in that and you know it's just we live in a very connective world but you know it's most important that you know you know you're connecting to self and what's important for you yeah Lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, You're very, um, very wise. Oh, no. um, and yeah, I'm sure that everyone listening has learned a lot. Oh, from, I'm so glad. From all the advice you've shared. What's the best way to connect with you? So in speaking of Instagram, I call it the modern yeah. day business card. So <laughs> yeah. best way to keep up with what I'm doing on there is to follow me at Samantha Fluke, which is Samantha F-L-O-O-K. Otherwise, you can check out all my programs, everything else that I'm doing is on my website which is www.thecorehealth.com perfect thank you so much and if anyone um, listening has been inspired and um, get in touch with sammy to um, find out about her coaching and also if you um, are inspired to start start your own business just start and need some advice then please email me and we can set up a call my email is vic at upsiders.co thanks everyone